You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. So Jesus is the light of the world. And you've heard that theme tonight through the songs we've sung, through the children's story that was just read. And it's a theme that we're going to look more at together. And to do that, to go deeper into what does this really mean to us and for us that Jesus is the light of the world, we're going to revisit the Advent candles that we've lit the last five weeks. If you haven't been with us, we have a tradition here at Grace that really links with um, Jesus followers all over the world for hundreds and hundreds of years with the lighting of five candles that point to and lead up to and anticipate Christmas. We call these the Advent candles. And each of these candles represents a spiritual reality about, about Jesus, about God, and really will help us understand what it means when we say he is the light of the world. And so the first candle that we started with, for those of you who remember, was the candle of presence. And this was the Advent candle reading that we had when we lit that candle. And this is out of Isaiah chapter 7. This is a book in the Old Testament. And this was a prediction. This was a prophecy written about 700 years before Jesus was born. And it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means? God with us. Yeah. That was a promise. That was a prophecy that came true in the birth of Jesus, that he would be God with us. And that right out of the gate is something that makes Christianity or the Bible and what the Bible teaches different and distinct from every other worldview and religion, is that religion really is defined as people somehow seeking God. And the Bible and Christmas is about a God who comes seeking us. It's entirely different. And this candle reminds us of, of the presence of God. And you know, I, as I was thinking about the Christmas story, and we'll look at some of the verses that were referenced in that children's book, Luke chapter 2 in particular, where Jesus is born and his, his birth is announced to the shepherds and they, they get it, they hear it, they go see him. And of course, obviously, Mary and Joseph saw him. But who else saw him? And we're not really sure, but the way that story is written, what it suggests is that people were going about their daily lives, busy, whatever, and Jesus is born right in their midst. And how many of them miss that? The light of the world is born right there, and they don't recognize that. And that's one of the realities of, of understanding and getting our hands around what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? Part of that means you recognize him, I recognize him, for who he says he is. He claims to be God come near us. And one of the really cool things about the Bible is that it tells us over and over again, Old Testament to New, over and over and over, God is near to all of us. God is near, God is near. One, Psalm 145, 18 in the Old Testament. God is near to all those who call on him, to those who call on him in truth. Or you jump forward to the New Testament, Philippians 4. The Lord is near. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything as it goes on to say. But the Lord is near to us. That is not the question. The real question is, do we recognize him? Do we, do we understand that? 
which really leads us to the next candle. And the next candle we lit together was the candle of promise, if you'll remember. And this quote is out of Jeremiah 33, also in the Old Testament. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line, and he will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. So this is a promise, once again, that God makes to his people. And that, in part, has been fulfilled. Jesus, once again, fulfilling a prophecy that was made hundreds and hundreds of years before he was born. He is the righteous branch. He is the one who is descended from David, King David, arguably Israel's greatest king. That promise came true. What about the other ones that are in that passage? Well, there's a common denominator that runs through all the promises of God, at least from what I can understand, and it's this. They all involve waiting. All of God's promises involve some length of waiting. You waiting for anything tonight? I'm waiting for a present, a gift that I ordered like a week ago. Supposed to be here yesterday. This thing called Weather Event Elliot came through. Maybe you've heard of it. And I don't know where it is. It's supposed to come next week. And this is the first, by the way, in the first hour that we had here, the first um, candlelight service at three, that my wife heard that her present is, is going to be late in coming. Sorry, honey. But it's, it's somewhere. I'm, I'm hoping it will come. That's definitely a type of waiting. But there's another kind of waiting that God's people have always been called to do. And that is to wait expectantly, to wait confidently. That's not a type of waiting where you think, oh, well, that might happen. That's the type of waiting where you know it will happen. And so you choose to wait. So what are you waiting on God for tonight? Man, that's a, that's a powerful question and a necessary question. And a question sometimes that can get us into trouble because sometimes we put God on the hook for promises he never made to us. But, but with the promises God has made to us, what are you waiting for? And as you and I do business with that, as we think about that, this candle reminds us that God is a God who keeps his promises. Do you realize that people waited for thousands of years for Jesus to be born? And he was. And he came just like God promised he would which underscores the reality that God always keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. So therefore, we can wait on those promises with confidence, not at, with a, well, it might happen attitude, but with a, it will happen attitude, and therefore, I can wait for that. The candle of promise. Jesus is also the light of the world because he gives us hope. And this was the passage that we read when this candle was lit. And I realized where some of you are sitting, you can't see that there's a candle here, but I promise there is. And I'm going to light it as soon as I win with the lighter. Okay. Michael, will you run me up that lighter? 
we're going to light that candle here in just a minute. But this is what the passage says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, thank you, good man, wonderful counselor, not good man, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. There are some pretty wonderful titles there. And, and they mean something. Is there anyone who wouldn't like a wonderful counselor? Or anyone who wouldn't like to know a mighty God? Or anyone who would like to teach me how to use a lighter? There we go. Of course we want that. And of course we need that. We need a Prince of Peace. And more than ever, we need hope. We live in a culture that is struggling, hurting, looking for hope, however they can find it. In fact, we live, a culture, live in a culture that is consumed by fear, do we not? There is so much fear that pervades our culture. I mean, have you gone online lately? Have you read the news lately? Have you gone on next door lately? There's just so much fear. And interestingly, as I was reading the Christmas story for myself, I was reminded that there's also fear in the Christmas story. I mean, look at this. And this is the passage that we read and we'll read for the candle of joy here in just a minute. But the shepherds living out in the fields nearby were keeping watch over their flocks at night. Okay. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Another way this can be translated is they had great fear. In fact, in the original language, the word we get here is the word mega. When we say, man, that was big, that was just mega huge. Okay, the word mega is in this sentence, and it's right there where it says terrified. This was mega fear, not just, not just frightened, but truly afraid, mega fear. And yet, we have hope in the face of fear. Because hope, faith, trust is not the absence of fear. It's how you choose to respond in the face of fear. And what do we see happen in this story? The angel then gives them news in the midst of their fear as they're trying to make sense out of all this that causes great joy. And again, this is that same word, mega joy. And Jesus, Jesus is our joy. He gives us joy. And he gives us a joy that's enduring and lasting and powerful. What is it that gives you joy? I mean, a lot of things give me joy. I, I like being with you. That gives me joy. I look forward to this service literally all year. I, I love this service. And I love when we gather together on Sundays in community. You're my family. You, it brings me joy to be with you. Unashamedly. You know what else brings me joy? Food. Good food. I'm planning on eating a lot of it tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. My family brings me joy. I love being with my family. They're, they're in this service, and I, I love that fact. And, you know, who doesn't like presents? Presents can, can bring joy, too. There's all these things that we can put our finger on, and understandably so, that circumstantially, situationally give us joy. And that's good. That's okay. That's, that's a good thing. But circumstances, just like they can give you joy, can also steal it. I got a phone call this last week. 
in the middle of my day here at Grace from a neighbor who I don't normally get phone calls from. Jamie and I talk to her and we text back and forth and we say hi when we see her and what have you. Barely calls me. Well, she calls me middle of my day here at Grace and says, yeah, I'm, I'm looking out my window and I'm looking at your porch and there's someone coming up on your porch and there's a package there. And it looks like they're, ste- yeah, they, they are, they're stealing it. I'm, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to go get the picture. And so she went and tried to get a picture of their car and she couldn't. But we had a porch pirate make a visit to our porch. Cursed porch pirate. And I had a choice at that moment. I thought, you know, are you serious? This is, this is so frustrating. This is such a bummer. And that, quite frankly, could have stolen my joy if I would have let it. I thought about it. But then I realized, you know what, I've got a choice. And in all fairness, this isn't about looking at a bad thing and calling it good because thankfully the Bible never tells us to pretend things are ever better than they are. When it's time to cry, we cry. When we need to grieve, we grieve. When there's loss, we, we do business with that. It's not about any of that, but it is about where we find our joy. And there is a joy that you can have and that I can have that transcends circumstances and porch pirates and good days and bad days. It's a joy that you will only find in Jesus. And it's an enduring joy. And it's a joy that I have been inspired by most recently in the life of one of my family. Because now we, re- we light the Christ candle. And this is the candle that we've been building towards And I'll tell you about that story with my family here in just a minute. But this passage is out of the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. And this is being spoken of, proclaimed really, by a guy by the name of Simeon. Simeon was a man who had waited literally his entire life to see the Messiah. He was hoping that the Messiah, that Jesus would be born in his lifetime. God told him, you will not die before you see the Messiah. Jesus' parents had brought him to the temple. And there was Simeon, and he saw Jesus and took him in his arms, and this is what he proclaimed. My eyes have seen your salvation, and he's talking to God, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, which is the non-Jews, and the glory for your people or of your people, Israel. It's just a a powerful, powerful statement of joy and praise and hope. And there's a joy that you can have in Jesus that you're really not going to get anyplace else. And the family member I was referring to is my nephew here. His name is Nicholas. And some of you who are part of our church family, you know this story. I've been sharing it off and on the last several months. But my nephew, Nicholas, has Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was diagnosed with this a handful of months ago. And um, he's in a fight for his life, quite frankly. It is deadly. He's going through chemo treatments. This picture was taken before his fifth treatment. He has 12. He has 12 treatments every other week. And when you think about chemo treatments, this is about the worst case scenario you can think of when it comes to someone getting chemo. It makes him horribly, horribly sick for a couple days. Can't keep anything down. Has to be isolated from his family because there's so many toxins literally coming out of his body. I mean, it's, it's awful. And this is a picture of him before one of those chemo treatments. And he's holding a bottle of um, some, it's water. Um, 
we have a tradition here in our family on Christmas, Christmas Eve, we make stocking gifts for one another and we do homemade stuff. And some of this is part of Advent Conspiracy that started this off for us many years ago. And worship team, you can come. And long story short, last year I made, um, well, melted snowman water, which, you know, we know is bottled water, but I put tags on it calling melted. So he's, he's very deliberately drinking this water from last year's Christmas, which might mean it has medicinal qualities because it's aged. I don't know. But he's, he's drinking it, and he has a smile on his face. And I can tell you from knowing this man since he was born that that's real. And the joy you see there is real. Here is a man in a fight for his life, literally. And he has a joy when he's about to have all these toxins poured into his body that's going to make him horribly sick. You don't just conjure that up. You don't just create that. You don't just put on a happy face. That's real. And that's tangible. And it's deep. And it comes from within. And it comes from having Jesus. The part I left out, is this next picture is him holding their first child. They got this cancer diagnosis for him when his wife was about six months along with their first baby. And this is a picture of him holding his little daughter, Annalise. And you don't have to have that mask off to see the joy on his face, right? The point being, there is a joy that Jesus will give you that sustains you through difficulty, hardship, cancer, loss, difficulty. And it's yours to have because Jesus is the giver of life. And you can have that life. And I greatly respect and appreciate, there are a number of spiritual journeys here. I I totally respect that and appreciate that. But for some of you, Jesus needs to get out of the manger as Sean was calling to, calling us to last Sunday, and get into your life and your heart. This God wants to give you life, but he wants to give you life on his terms, not yours and mine, because his are way better than yours. He wants to bless your life and mine. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you his presence. He wants you to, fulfill, to be the recipient of all his promises. And, and you can, if you will receive him into your life. And so we're going to sing a song that talks about this life, that talks about the reality that Jesus is the light of the world. And I'd like to ask you to consider where you're at with all this. Because Christmas isn't a one day a year thing. It's an everyday year of thing. Celebrating the presence, the nearness, the life of Jesus. So let's sing that together. Do you take a moment to just look around? at the beauty and the power of, of what you see around you. It's pretty cool. And you know, this candle, when we remember the spiritual realities we talked about tonight, reminds us that, you know, whatever comes your way in mind, difficulty, heartache, loss, cancer, Jesus remains. That he's always with us. That like all the other promises he gives us, I will never leave or forsake you being one of them. He honors every single one of those. And so we're about to blow these out. And we'll do that together. 
but the realities we've talked about remain the same. So would you join me in, in blowing out your candle? And we want to be sure and thank you as we prepare to go from here, from, from making time to be here tonight. And we do this every Sunday. Okay, not the candles and Christmas, but we gather together and have community and enjoy one another and grow in the Lord together every Sunday. We'd love for you to come back next Sunday at what time? 1045. 1045. We're all going to be together in this room, and we hope that you can do that to, to bring in the new year. And I want to leave you with one last spiritual reality, and it's this. We, we started our time in God's Word with a lantern, and we're going to end it with a lantern by design. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16 says this, You are the light of the world, and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand where it can shine and give light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So take his light with you from here. Go live for him. And Merry Christmas. And we hope to see you next Sunday. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.